Welcome to a sleepy edition of Advantage Connors. Here, as always, your host, Brett, Jimmy Connors. We're promising a short episode tonight. We're a little tired. How you doing up there in Santa Barbara? Yeah, a little, little tired is right. Uh, been a bu- busy all day, doing a lot of running and, you know, trying to, you know, get through this atmospheric river that's, uh, you know, kind of hit California again uh, the last uh, four or five days. And uh, a lot of rain, awful lot of rain we've had up here. And, uh, you know, it, when it rains, you know, what do they do? They close the tennis course. They close the golf course. Tough to go out and get my exercise when, uh, you, you know, with all this rain. But, uh, you know, kind of enjoyed the couple of days off, but, you know, back to doing some running and had a busy day. So, yeah, a short one would be good. How about you? You've been working hard yourself. Yeah, we've been uh, T2 for a second straight week. Got, we're in Rio. We're in uh, Dubai, Doha. We're in uh, Los Cabos. The action never stops on Tennis Channel and on T2, so we've had a good week, but uh, we get in there early, so I'm a, I'm a little burnt and, and ready for bed already, so we'll try and keep it short, but atmospheric river seems to be the newest buzzword. I think uh, yeah. I hear it everywhere, but no one knows exactly <laughs> what it means. <laughs> well, we got atmospheric rivers, we've got El Nino, we've got uh, La Nina, we've got, oh my God, but when we get rain here in California, we can use it. I mean, we've gone... Uh, we've uh, we've lived in in California, but for I don't know, forty years or so, uh, and you know we've been through some heavy droughts too, where we haven't uh, you know sniffed a, a drop of rain. And you know to get this kind of rain, we you know we take it, we like it because it fills our lakes and our reservoirs, and you know really does a lot for uh, you know for you know for California in general. But boy, oh boy, when it rains, they used to write songs. It never rains in California. But I wish they were here now. Right, it's crazy. We're uh, we're getting our full our fill of it, but uh, everything's full, and uh, it's going to be a beautiful spring. Yeah, definitely. Um, I always try and rush home from work if it's still raining, and uh, you know, get on the couch, crack the window, so you can just hear the rain. I, I'm a big yeah. fan of uh, just the noise and the water running, and it makes it easier to sleep at night. And uh, yeah, I love it. So, but you know, too much is is too much when when you're trying to get out there on the golf course and. One golf course where it didn't affect was uh, at LA Open, the Genesis Open. Did you see any of this at Riviera yeah. over the weekend? Oh, yeah. it, was a, it was a pretty fun Sunday finish. Did you watch it? Uh, it's tough to get me away from the TV when uh, you know when it's been raining here. The courses are closed, and you know if I can get my golf fix uh, any way I can, I will. Uh, you know, especially watching uh, you know that tournament down at uh, at, the, at the Riviera. The course is it's such a beautiful course, and of course, back in the '90s, we had a, a senior tennis tour event there at Riviera, and you know they welcomed us, and you know were so kind to us, you know, at the, you know playing on their tennis course. But they also made the course available to a lot of the players and and our sponsors, uh, and you know to go out and play there, and and to you know know all the history and and uh, the great players that have you know, walk down the fairways there was, uh, was pretty cool. Uh, and also the finish was pretty cool. I mean, there was some great golf and, and, uh, you know, we, we talk about Hideki, uh, Matsuyama, you know, he's a, a past masters champion and, you know, coming from, I think he came from, you know, five or six shots back, you know, to, to win the event and, uh, you know, to, to make that many birdies to shoot, I think he shot a 61, uh, in the final round, you know, to shoot uh, that kind of round at Riviera, you got to be playing some golf, and it's fun to watch him play. He's pretty cool. I, I, yeah. I like him. I like his game, and you know his manner and and the way he goes about his business. And uh, yeah, fun to watch him play. Yeah, definitely. We're big Hideki fans. Uh, I remember the Masters was one of the more exciting Masters we've seen in a while. And yeah, coming from behind, you know, on a classic course against some great players. Cantley was up there. He he kind of struggled on Sunday shooting one over. But yeah, 
And then that, the other thing, uh, Matsuyama's caddy. You know, he had that classic moment after he finished 18 and at the Masters a few years ago where he went and he took the flag off. You know, like it's the tradition for the caddy to take the last flag, you know, and he takes it home, probably puts it on his wall, signs it or whatever. You know, he took the, the flag off, put it back into the hole and then did the bow. And then on Sunday, they showed a picture of him. And I think he was because they were already in the clubhouse because they were so far back. They just showed a picture of him sitting there and he's just watching 18 and he's just sitting on the grass by himself and he's hitting his vape. <laughs> oh, was he really? Yeah, yeah. he was chilling. Yeah, he was yeah. chilling. Hey, so, he had a rough day. His his, uh, his man shot sixty one. That's a rough day. Getting him, you know, getting him through having around like that. So, right, having yeah. having to bring him from behind. And then also, I thought was a good story was uh, Will Zalatoris, uh, the young yeah. guy we've talked about before, who's had some injury issues and and also had to overcome. Uh, I think he had a close family member pass away suddenly on uh, on like Wednesday or Thursday before the tournament. So uh, it was, you know, good to see him back, uh, you know, up at the top playing some good golf. Yeah. And you know what? That uh, that just goes to show, Brett, that, uh, you know, he came back. I think he had back problems uh, in 2023. And so, you know, he was out. I think he had surgery and then he, he was out up until, you know, the beginning of this year. Uh, it, you know, he came back and, you know, he paid his dues. I mean, he, you know, struggled uh, if he if he. Uh, made the cut, you know, it was barely. And if not, then, you know, he was, you know, struggling to find his game. And, and then it just goes to show if you stay in there and you, you have that desire and, and you have that understanding that, you know, that I know I've been here before I was playing great golf and just let me stick with it and, and stay with it and, and get your, your mind right. You know, because he not only, you know, had to be right physically, but also, you know, mentally to face that being out that long a time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was good to see him, you know, come through. And I think he finished second and, and uh, you know, played some really good golf. And, and uh, I'm, I'm glad he's back. He's always fun to watch. And, and uh, you know, he's going to bring some excitement to the tour. Happy to have him back. Definitely. I, I think he will win a Grand Slam at some point. It's just a matter of win. You know, he's one of the cleanest ball strikers on tour. It's just the putter that seems to give him trouble sometime, but not this weekend. And if he can stay healthy and keep that back going, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a threat the rest of the year. And uh, one other note, you said that they were nice enough to let us play Riviera. You're right. When you had the senior tour and I was in high school, my friend who I was number one uh, varsity on the golf team and my buddy J.C. Levine, Justin Christopher Lavanier, as we call him, <laughs> uh, was number Your two. Your buddy. Yep. And we were, you know, we're in the same grade and we were on the team, you know, all four years together. And uh, when we heard that we had the chance to go play Riviera, we hopped in the old Volvo Love Mobile and uh, and headed south on the 101 and 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 played played 18 and, and had a blast doing it. I remember that like it was yesterday. The old Volvo saw some sights. Uh, you know, it was, uh, I, I think it made a trip around the country many times, uh, you know, from yeah. California to Florida to, you know, back in Illinois and, and, uh, but you know, it was, it wasn't a bad ride for you at the very beginning. It was, nope. uh, it had it. a lot of miles on it, but it, uh, it served you well. Yep. I mean, I, I've come full circle. I drive a Volvo now, so, you know, it couldn't have been too bad. I, I, uh, I came back. <laughs> safe and sound, safe and sound. Also, also, Brett, uh, you know, over over the course of the golf tournament, you know, Tiger was in the tournament. It's good to see him play. But, you know, it's difficult. Uh, you know, we talk about it all the time in tennis, and I'm sure it's just as, if not even more difficult in golf, you know, to come out and just, you know, play occasionally. Uh, right. You know, and, you know, I, I know, you know, his problems, his physical problems and, and, and so forth. And, you know, and the older you get, the tougher it is anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you know, that that feeling 
you know, that he probably, you know, um, probably had, he always had from the very beginning, you know, the hard work and, uh, you know, putting in the time and, you know, precision and, you know, uh, the discipline and, and everything, you know, the older you get and you get those aches and pains and you, you feel like, oh, you know, some sometimes it just, you know, hits you and, and you know, and to go out and, and to, you know, face the best players in the world. Uh, you know, I know what it was like coming back from, you know, my wrist injury, playing the best players in the world, you know, right, right off the bat and, and who have been primed. You know, they've been right. out playing and working and training and, you know, going through all that and, uh, you know, to to jump in on that pretty difficult. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I know I, you know, I, I like it better when he's in there. I mean, every golf tournament is better when, uh, when Tiger's in there, but they certainly have a lot of great, uh, uh, young players that have, that have come up that have kind of, uh, you know, nobody's going to replace Tiger, but they, they certainly are filling the bill. Uh, uh, you know, Victor Hovland's one and Will Zalatoris is one and Hideki only being, what, 30, 31 years old is one, and mm -hmm. Pat Cantley and Shoffley and, you know, uh, Scotty Scheffler. And, you know, Christ, I know more golfers than I do tennis players. <laughs> so, uh, I yeah, don't know. That, was, is that a good thing? It might be a good thing. Yeah, you know, I think but, it just but, shows you that you consume more golf. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's hard. I mean, the one thing, it was tough seeing him drive away in the cart. Remember, they're driving him on the cart and then they take him in an ambulance. You know, thank God he wasn't driving. Um, right, exactly. But, uh, you know, it's it's tough because you never know. Like, is he playing this week because it's some sort of sponsor tie-in, like with Genesis or some deal he has? Like, does he really want to play? I mean, he always used to play at Riv. You know, it's a good course. He's had success there. But, like, golf's a fickle thing. Like, you can't just turn it on, turn it off. Oh, I play this week, turn it on. Like, you have to always be working on your game, always be working mm -hmm. on your chipping and your putting and your short game. And then golf's so streaky. You know, like sometimes, you know, you'll be playing good. You don't want to stop playing. You know, you just want to keep playing every day. And then if you're playing bad, it's the same thing. We're like, you kind of want to keep playing every day so you can push through it and get through this. Yeah, play shit. yourself out of it. Right. Right. Exactly. Play yourself out of it. So it's tough. You don't know like what restrictions his body has, you know, like, you know, makes me think of couples. Couples used to, you know, could win any time kind of thing, but his back didn't let him practice all the time. You could only hit balls for 30 minutes a day or like whatever it was. So you don't know what's going on with his body and, and it's just tough to see. You don't like to see him, uh, you know, having to, you know, pull out and, and get taken off the course like that. Right. Well, you know, hopefully things work out. It's fun to, it's fun having him in there. And, and, uh, you know, I, I know when, when I was, you know, towards the, the end, I liked going out and putting my game, you know, up against the, the new fresh young players coming out and the way they played, you know, and it's fun to see, you know, Tiger and, you know, because he's been around for what, 30 years or so pretty close yeah, pretty and, much. And, and uh you know uh, his game and the way he played and you know and the changes that he's made to try to you know continue to uh, go out there and compete and you know how that stacks up against uh you know the great young uh, fresh talent that's out there and you know like i said you know all, all tournaments are better with tiger in it and uh you know i hope he uh, you know, figures it out so that uh, he can come out and, you know, kind of get stuck in some of these tournaments and make it fun. The last uh, coming down the last nine on Sunday be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he's there at the Masters in uh, in Augusta in April because, you know, that's one of the ones you really want to see him at. You're like, you don't mind not seeing him at some of the smaller events and just and save yourself for some of the big ones. But it's hard to do that. You got to get play in. You got to compete and, and, you know, test your game out, see where it's at. I think I, I think he's been around long enough and and uh, knows how to go about that. So if anybody can do it, I'm sure he can. 
That's true. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the year. So let's get into some questions. You guys left us some good questions here. I don't want to keep you too long because I have a reservation with my pillow. Yeah. And <laughs> hey, let me give a shout out to all our listeners, though, for, for all the great questions. I mean, the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's so much fun hearing from them and, and uh, you know, what they want to know about, hear about, uh, talk about and, and uh, you know, and, and the, the loyalty that they've they've showed us from the very beginning, Brett, pretty special. We've got a good crew out there and, and uh, certainly happy that, uh, you know, every week that we can talk to you about what you want to hear about, too. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening. OK. Go ahead. Yep. All right, here we go. George Martinet, Jimmy, is there a boxer in the 70s or 80s or just all time who you would compare yourself to in terms of mental fortitude? I know you like that word. I I'm do like that. He said, Very I'm thinking good. Roberto Duran in his prime as a lightweight. I see similarities. What do you wow. think? Wow, I like that. I like that. I, I had the the pleasure of meeting uh, Duran a couple times and uh, of course watched uh, a lot of his fights and, and uh, you know, they, they said he had hands of stone and he did. I mean, he could, he could unload it, but he could also take a punch and, you know, watching, you know, that was, that was more, you know, the heavyweights. I love the heavyweights with Ali and Frazier and Foreman and, and uh, you know, a lot of the greats, but, but uh, you know, I, I liked, you know, the, Durans and the Haglers and and uh, Tommy Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, where the guys get in there and and you know they're they're throwing uh, so many punches you can't count them. They're throwing them so fast and and mm-hmm. you know that kind of action. And Duran would be uh, a great comparison for me, and because you know, a guy who's not afraid to get in there and mix it up. They all were, you know, uh, Joe uh, Joe Frazier. Yeah, you know, I look at him and I say, "Cry, Manetli." If I if I played tennis like that, oh my God, I don't know, you know. But that's a that's a Nadal type, too. You know, Joe, just you know, mm-hmm. keep coming, keep coming at you, 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 you know. And and uh, you know, sometimes it didn't work out for him, but hey, what the hell? I mean, it was never dull when when uh, uh, when he was in the ring either. So yeah, Duran, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. instantly. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good. Good little thought project too, because we always talk about tennis being, you know, boxing in ninety spaces or whatever, and, and Pop being a boxer and teaching you and and kind of training you like a boxer. So I thought it was a good question, and it's kind of fun to think about like all the different players, like who would who would who be, you know, and 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 right that kind of stuff. So good question. All right, next, which player, Jimmy, did you hate to play the most as far as they were tough to play against? Oh, right off the bat, I would say, uh, and he was my good friend, uh, uh, Ilya Nastasi. Uh, and the reason I say that is we were too good of friends, you know, and, and uh, for me to go out and to play him, I had a very difficult time uh, separating the two at the very beginning. He beat me a number of times uh, in, a, in a row, I think like eight times in a row at the beginning. And, and finally, your grandma, my mom said, listen, if you don't step up and you know, beat him, he's going to lose respect for you. And it was true. We used to have some great matches, but, you know, I got a few wins, uh, you know, under my belt against him. And, you know, we're, today we're still friends, but he was always difficult for me to play because he was so uh, on top of it. I mean, not only with his game, but I mean, the way he anticipated and he almost knew uh, where I was going to hit the ball before I did. Uh, and and he would be there, and you know, in his style and his speed, and I mean, he was a, b- a very elegant player. And you know, the more he did that, the, you know, the more pissed I would get playing him. And and uh, but but I love playing him because he always uh, brought out the best of me. And I had to figure out something else to do 
uh, out of the ordinary because he knew my game so well. So yeah, he was the toughest one for me to play. That's interesting too, right? Like uh, you had to figure him out. And then once you knew you could figure him out, did that like help you? And if you dealt with that with other players, not necessarily that, you know, you were friends and that got in the way, but you know, would you encounter somebody else who did a tactic or had a strategy that you're like, shit, like I, he beats me with this thing every time or the first couple of times. And then you had to like, kind of think about what you did with Nastasi and, and like overcome that. Well, you know, we, we were good friends, Brad, and, and, uh, you know, we played a lot of exhibitions together and we practiced a lot together. So played doubles. Uh, and, and play doubles together. Yeah. So, you know, I, I got to, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, he wasn't, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the brainy type on the court that he, and he, and he really wasn't, but, uh, I mean, cause he was so natural and, and, uh, you know, his game came so easy to him, but I, I learned a lot from just kind of talking, uh, talking to him about tennis, you know, and, and, uh, uh, and, and playing and what it was like, you know, what he felt like under pressure and, and, you know, how he handled that because, you know, he, and he admittedly, you know, told me many times I, I didn't handle that well. Uh, and, and, you know, which made me think, well, if that's if he's not handling that well, then maybe that's not the right way to do it. <laughs> you know, so right. you know it kind of you know at a young age kind of veered me off of uh, uh, you know of a track maybe I I might have been on and and you know thinking about you know how I would handle things. But he he was you know uh, to get him to talk tennis. You know he he liked to talk about a lot of other things but tennis. But uh, once in a while when he talked tennis, it was a it was it was a good conversation and and uh, always fun with him. Yep. We need, still need to get him on the show. So nasty. If you're listening anybody else out there is in touch, get him on the pod with us. We need to, uh, talk some old school stories. I bet you guys have a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, we could occupy an hour or so. It would I be think fun. so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next up, Russell Harris. What did you do to recover after especially physical matches? Like the five setter you played against Gomez in the U S open where you were cramping in the fifth set. What were the keys to recovery so you could be ready for your next match? Yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to think when that was. I, uh, that was probably in the early 80s, I think, uh, when I played uh, Andres in, in, in that match. Uh, I was in good shape still then. I was young and, and I was really in good shape. But, you know, when you play a match like that, it does take a lot out of you. I'm trying to think if, uh, if going in and getting an IV was in at that time. I think my, it might have started you know happening around that time because uh, uh bill norris who was the trainer you know for the for the tour was was pretty wise and all that and and uh, you know what it would take because you know you can sit there and you can try to rehydrate and you know water or you know sports drinks or whatever but uh but there's nothing like getting that iv yeah uh, you know and i did that you know towards the end uh in 91 when i was at the us open also the french and boy i mean you get that iv and in 15 minutes later you're you're rocking and rolling ready to go so yeah i mean that that to me would be the you know the best way to you know kind of recuperate ice baths i never did that uh massage i wasn't good at that either i like feeling uh you know my body and how i felt and you know if i had an ache or pain i i liked I like knowing that I didn't want to, you know, ever go out there and feel like, you know, uh, you know, I wasn't toned and tuned and, and, and ready to play, you know, the best tennis that I could. So, uh, yeah, mostly 1981, you know, 1981, 1981, that was seven, six in the fifth. Not bad. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, listen, yeah, but 19 in 81, I was a young guy. 
Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, you know, being in shape and, and, uh, being able to play matches like that, you know, I mean, I, I heard that from day one from, you know, from Paul, my grandpa, who, you know, who trained me, he said, you know, he says, when you're, when you're in shape, he, he says, nothing can stop you. And, and, and he was right. I mean, the only thing that could stop me was the other guy or me. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, but, but being in shape and, and being able to handle that was, um, you know, that that was, you know, probably one of the things I'm always most proud of, Brad, uh, uh, over all the years that I played is is that I, I never went out and, and uh, lost a match because I was tired. You know, I, I was able to play till the end. I might have lost, you know, I mean, you know, nobody wins all the time, but I never lost because I was tired. Yeah, you know, I, I was always able to, you know, give it everything I had until the last ball. And, and uh, after that, I was good. So, yeah. Nice. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for candidates isn't to search at all. So don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is the matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. And that's according to a recent Indeed survey. The great thing about Indeed is that it makes it easy for me. Look, I'm not trying to make this complicated. If I need to hire somebody, I want, I need help. And Indeed's the help that I need. The best part about Indeed is it has everything I need all in one place. I don't have to go looking around, searching for things all over the internet. Indeed's my one-stop shop. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And this is the best part, everybody. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your job more visibility at Indeed.com slash Connors. Just go to Indeed.com slash Connors right now and support our show, Advantage Connors, by saying you heard it here. It really helps us out a lot. Indeed.com slash Connors. Terms and conditions apply. Do you need to hire? You need Indeed. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I like this one. Gene McKnight, what is your advice to any parent or coach regarding having a child, you know, young child, eight to 12 years old, wanting to play a sport? Not everyone gets offered a scholarship or goes pro. So how many hours a day should they be willing to, you know, practice and put into the game? Well, I think, I think, first of all, I mean, uh, you know, don't let the parent want it more than the kid. Uh, You know, the, you know, make sure that, you know, your your son or your daughter, when they go out to play tennis or golf or baseball or basketball, that they're having fun doing it, too. You know, and, and mm-hmm. because if you look back at it, Brett, there's only one number one, you know, but everybody, uh, all you know, parents and coaches, they, they've all got those visions, you know, number one, number one. There's only one of those, you, you know, so, you know, make sure that that uh, that they enjoy it, that they're having fun doing it, because when you do, then it's easier to work at it. You know, as opposed to going out with the with the wrong attitude and 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 feeling that you know that it's you know you're putting pressure on me or you know you're pushing me too hard or you know because you know if if you're pushing too hard and you're the parent you know you're going to drive the kid away and the worst part of that is you you know they're they're going to end up hating you too 
You know, so, I mean, there's a very fine line on not push, I'm not going to say push, but how to keep the, the player or, or the athlete uh, interested. It's a very fine line. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'll go back to, you know, to my mom. I mean, she never pushed me one minute. If I wanted to go hang with the guys, I'd go hang with the guys. I'd go play basketball, I'd go play football, whatever. Uh, but I'd always come back to the tennis. Uh, and, and uh, you know, and I was lucky because, you know, she, you know, was my pro. And, you know, if I wanted to go hit a few balls after dinner, she, you know, she'd go and, and hit a few balls with me. But uh, I always came back to the tennis because I was never forced to play. She never gave me one opportunity to say, yeah, I don't want to play that old tennis. I don't want to mm-hmm. do that. She never gave me an opportunity to say that. And I, I think that's what, uh, you know, what allowed me to play for so long. The one thing that always stands out to me about her, that if I ever had a kid, I would teach too, is to always keep them like wanting more. You know, don't, mm-hmm. don't burn them out. Don't do it in, you know, run them into the ground with it or, you know, make them exhausted. Make it so that they want to keep playing. And, you know, that if they want to keep playing, it's almost like, well, now's a good time to stop. You know, they've gotten their exercise in, they've gotten, you know, whatever you're working on, the, you know, tactics or training stuff. And then, you know, make it so that they're willing and ready to come back the next day. They're not looking at you like, oh, man, we just did three hours of this yesterday. We got to go again. You know, that they're more like, oh, let's get back out there. I want to work on them. Right. But that's where that's where everybody's different. No, you you can't. uh, It's very difficult. I say you can't, but it's very difficult to put every kid through the same regimen or the same the the same workout program, the same exercise, the same drills, the same everything, because every every athlete is different. You know, and, and, uh, you know, you're, you know, you, you said it right. Keep uh, that's what my mom always did. She kept me wanting more. That's why I only played for 45 minutes or an hour. Because I gave it, I gave it everything I had, and and she would she would come out and she'd stop and she says, "You've had enough now, you yeah. know." And no, 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 no. I want I want to play more. No, no. <laughs> you can play more tomorrow. She wanted me to come back tomorrow and and yeah. and play again and give it that same effort every time. And and uh, you you said there one word which was uh, well two words burnout. You know to to keep from burning out uh, the athlete is very important and that's why i say letting them let them go out and make sure that they enjoy it and 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 have fun doing what they're doing because if they do that just uh, makes things a little easier do you think that's one of the reasons you had such a long career because i think you know like a lot of people early in your career saw how hard you played you know you played tried to win every point and gave it every everything you had and a lot of people said oh that that's not going to last. He's going to burn out. He's going to break down his body. Do you think that her instilling that mentality in you when you were young? Because like, I remember even when you were older, you wouldn't practice that long. You know, you do an hour. Sometimes if you, you know, saw something was messed up or you're not hitting something the way you like, sure, you might play another set or something. But like on average, you would do like about an hour, you know, do some other training away from the court. But do you think that helped your career like, you know, last as long as it did? Oh yeah, uh, I think uh, definitely, and and I think uh, you know once I started and I turned pro, uh, it, it was always uh, you know you don't need to play six or seven weeks in a row. If you go and you play right, you know, and you're you're getting your matches in and you're getting to the weekend, you know, and which means that I'd be in the semis or the finals or whatever, you know, play two weeks, you know, maybe play three weeks, but then but then get away from it. And, and recuperate and, and rest your body and rest your mind and and allow yourself to come back and, and be strong, you know, when uh, when you start playing again, you know, because, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you you overdo it, especially if you're on a roll and you're playing good. The hardest thing to do is stop. We just talked about that a little earlier. And, and but if you 
keep pushing sometimes, that's when you do get hurt. Or that's when you do wear down, even even though you're finding success. So, you know, there there's a fine line. That's why I say every athlete, every tennis player, every they they cannot be all treated the same. Everybody has to be treated as their own individual, and that would be the key to having a a, a great pro or a great uh, coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that understands that. You know that hey, I, I I got ten kids, but you know one is not you can't I can't do with one that I do with six or you know and in how that works out. So that's a pretty tough thing to to be able to pick up. But if uh, you know if you're out there coaching the best players, you better it better be on top of that. Yeah, and it shows the importance of tailoring. You know the uh, whatever you want to call it, the training to each individual player. You know, you can't, you know, I have a system that's going to work for every player. It's like, and no, it's not, you know, each player probably needs their own, you know, way of talking to them, the way of explaining them, the way should, maybe they're visual learners, they're audio learners, you know, it just depends, exactly. you know, you can't just try and, you know, square peg a round hole kind of thing with, with everybody. So yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. Well said. Here's well a good said. one. See, yep. do you remember this? Brian Abruzzi at 1990 Wimbledon, John McEnroe lost in the first round to Derek Rostagno. After that, you had a conversation with Mac and Bud Collins about you possibly coaching Mac. Mac actually asked you on air if you could coach him and you agreed. Whatever happened with that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for the TV. Yeah. Anything else you want to know about that? <laughs> uh, hey, you know, he was, he was, uh, you know, kind of, thinning out his career too around that time and and uh you know in 1990 you know coming back and you know uh, we were working Mac, for NBC Mac, remember yeah, I was working you, for NBC you didn't work I, that you, you didn't play that year you you had your wrist so you were we were doing the TV for NBC right but you know back with you know had gone on sabbaticals and you know taken 3 months off 6 months off and then tried to come back and yeah. you know kind of go through that and you know like like we were talking about earlier with the golf rat that's hard to do yeah. You know, when, when the other guys are, you know, forging forward, you know, you, I always felt, you know, especially when I was out for that year, I, I took a year off, but I was really two years behind, uh, you know, so, you know, you, you have to, you can't just come in and, and think that, oh, well, these, these guys are going to roll over. I'm John McEnroe or I'm Bjorn Borg or Jimmy Connors or, or Pete Sampras or whoever. I mean, you know, when these young kids, you know, that they, they, they want to start taking their place too. You know, and and uh, and that's the way it was back in ninety ninety one, and and uh, so you know when Matt said he, you know, would I coach him? Yeah, I, I said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. But you know, as soon as soon as that uh, interview was over, I think we both ran the other way. That <laughs> 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 uh, well, was funny. That was funny that he even remembers that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What do you think about this question? I, I'm interested too in your answer. We've talked about it before, and I did his match the other day against Mueller, who he who he beat in straights, and then he lost today to a young kid, Minsick, in uh, three tie breaks. Andy Murray, Lloyd Kimmon asked, Andy Murray kind of overwrite, you know, when can he play the senior tour? And uh, I don't know, like I'm, I'm torn on this one because I can see both sides of it. Like coming into yesterday or two days ago when he won the match, he had lost, he was 0-4 on the year, and I think he had lost like six matches in a row dating back to last year. But then when I watch his match, every, almost every match he plays in is pretty exciting. Like, and then look, I didn't work to today's match, but he three tie breaks. So he loses and it's still probably some really good quality tennis. Um, but I mean, he is taking a lot of losses. You know, he's going through the motions of, you know, traveling, getting to these places and, you know, gets a tough first round sometimes, loses, you know, moves on. And like, I love his fight. I love that he still goes about it. 
and you know, and and when you see him coming out of the corner, sometimes you see like this guy's got a freaking metal hip. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, remember one play we we replayed it, and he come he gets out of the corner, and he almost stumbles, and you're like that. You know, it's probably because of his hip, and he still goes and chases down the drop shot, flicks the winner cross court, you know, to win the point. And you're like in that moment, you see both the like the duality of it. You see like his bad hip is probably you know hurting his movement a little bit, or it's got to be hurting him, you know. But then at the same time, he wins the point, chases it down, and wins the match, <laughs> you know. So what what are your thoughts on on him still kind of going, you know, staying on tour, still going out there and playing, even though you know maybe his record isn't you know what we're used to seeing. There's only one guy who's going to know when it's time for him to stop, and that's him. Yeah, you know, and then because oh, you, you got to all these arm armchair quarterbacks sitting back saying, you know, he's too old. He's too this. He's not what he used to be. Well, you know, shit, the, the old gray Mary, ain't what she used to be, you know, right. everybody, everybody gets older and, and, you know, but, uh, but you remember him for all the great things that he did and the Wimbledon's and, uh, uh, um, Olympics. Olympic yeah, and and things like that, and and let him worry about how he wants to go out. You know, if if he's still enjoying it, he doesn't mind the travel, and you know, and in uh, you know the aches and pains afterwards that uh, you know that that all entails. You know, and that just doesn't mean on the court. That means the travel, and that means everything that goes into it. You know, there's only one guy that's going to say, you know, say to him, "Don't you think you've had enough?" And and then some. You know, one day he'll listen to himself. Right. You know, and, and, uh, but, but until that day, everybody just shut up, you know, let the guy have, you know, I mean, he, he put enough time in, he put his time in, you know, let, let him go out and, and, uh, and enjoy what he wants to do. And, and listen, if he's still winning, you know, going seven, six in the, in the third set, you know, that, that doesn't mean that he's uh, not competing. Uh, right. he, you know, I mean, he's, he's in the matches, he's digging and, and playing. And you said it, I mean, you know, there's nothing like going out there. And knowing that you've done everything that you could do along the way, and and you still got the crowd behind you, mm -hmm. that's pretty. That, that's pretty cool. And and let him enjoy that. Yeah. You know, who who knows how how long uh, he's going to play? But in the meantime, you know, he's having fun. Why don't you have fun along with him? Right. Enjoy it. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I low key like this, not exactly this last part, but him coming back after the hip might be part of my favorite Murray uh, time. You know, just because like, wait, he's got a metal hip, you know, like that's like unheard of, like in sports, you know, and like obviously modern medicine's probably made advancements and stuff. But like, geez, you've had three hip surgeries, you know, obviously when you were older than him. But the fact that he's just out there competing against guys that are 15, you know, even 20 years younger than him almost right. is crazy. And I remember as you got older, being with you and you having conversations with, you know, a us and friends and you going like if i was just a few years younger i'd beat these guys ass <laughs> you well, know yeah. what I mean? and so like i can just picture him walking off the court today after the loss going like if i had both my fucking hips that would have been a straight set win <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean so, yep it's hard to like take that away from a guy who's you know like you say he's given so much to the sport been such a competitor and and even his matches when he loses like today it's it's an exciting match three tie breaks it was over three hours long against a new young Czech, you know, up and coming 18 year old player who people have been talking about. Now we'll, we have that match to reference, you know, like right. for the rest of the, Hey, remember when Murray played this kid and this kid, who knows what he's going to become in his, in his career. So yeah, I'm, I'm down for like, just letting him do what he wants to do. I yeah, know you know, you know what though, Brother? I mean, you know, I know he's got a fake hip. Ten tennis is all about the movement. You can see that. I mean, everybody hits the ball. Great. 
right? I mean, yeah. you know, to but but the the movement and the way you know the the getting to the ball and and you know being able to run down shots and getting back in position, you know, and and uh, you know just the you know the whole thing, you know, running ten yards and then sprinting back ten yards and then you know and and just the total movement that you go through over the over the course of a you know, two, three, four hour match on a tennis court is amazing. You know, and, and I remember when, you know, talking to you when, when, uh, he first had his step down, I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't, I mean, I know I was older when I had mine done, but there is no way I wanted to go back and do that. Yeah. You know, after I, I was going, I was saying, geez, I, I hope I can walk up to the gate and back, uh, you, you know, and, and, and be able to, you know, just kind of, you know, walk through a normal life, you know, which I, you know, which I'm able to do, but I never, ever thought I'd, I'd uh, go out and, and play tennis like that at that level, right. you know? So, you know, what, what an accomplishment that is. I mean, you know, that, that might, might be his biggest accomplishment, right. you know, out of all the great things that he did on the court that he's able to play with the, uh, you know, with a metal hip, amazing stuff. Yeah. And he could have easily used that as an excuse to just walk away. Like no one would have been like, Oh Ma, you know, why did he leave early? Or he could, he could have left something on the table. No one would have said a thing knowing he had to have, you know, reconstruct. Yeah, but you see, that's where, that's where people are crazy. You know, they, they, if he'd have walked away, they'd have said, well, he left something on there. You know what, how do we know? Maybe he could have done it. But now that he's playing, they're saying, maybe he's playing too long. Maybe he should have stopped. <laughs> right. Know? Right. Know, so always uh, some shit, always something, always yeah. something is right. Okay. Two more quick questions. Uh, and I'll get you out of here. This is like a combo question. It's a mix of a few things I saw, but people are asking about Alcaraz. Carlos had to pull out yesterday of his match. We're recording this Wednesday, comes out Friday. So a little dated, but uh, twisted an ankle early in the first set, uh, pulled the ripcord and and withdrew. So it has now been since Cincinnati in August before the U.S. Open when he made his last final. Mm -hmm. And so... For the talk of the of the summer when we had it, you know, when he beat Joker at Wimbledon, it's now the Alcaraz era. You know, Djokovic is done, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, that wasn't right. You know, Alcaraz has had some injury stuff, but, you know, now it's been a little while since he's made a final. And, you know, also in that time, Mr. Yannick Sinner has kind of like turned it on now and become a different player than he was, you know, last summer. Capturing mm-hmm. Australia in his first Grand Slam, also won in Rotterdam last week, pretty convincingly looking, you know, really, really good. So now the landscape has changed a little bit. We're 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 all looking like, well, is it this? Is it the center era now? Geez, I remember when somebody asked how many uh, Grand Slams Alcaraz would win, and and uh, I don't know, they were up in the 30s and and all that, and I'm going, you know, they're not as easy to win as you think, <laughs> you know. Right. So, you know, and and uh, and another thing, you know, I mean, he's very young when he uh, when he won the U.S. Open uh, last year, or or actually in in uh, 2022. And then he won uh, Wimbledon in 2023. So, you know, at a very young age, he's had some pretty damn good success. But along with that has come some injuries, which we know about. And also, you know, I think, you know, some of the players, you know, have realized just how to play him or how he plays and, you know, what what he did so well at the beginning that, you know, kind of caught them off guard. Maybe they have caught on to that a little bit, you know, so, you know, maybe he needs to, you know, change up a little bit and and try to figure out something else. You know, it's not a big move. It's just, you know, little tiny little scratches along the way that maybe, you know, he can, uh, you know, he can change to, you know, kind of offset his opponent a little bit. But, hey, you know, I would like to be 20 or 21 years old to have had his success and and still have 15, 16, 17 years more to play. 
Right. You know, even though he might be going through a little bit of a downtime, you know, but you can see he enjoys the game and he works hard at the game. And to to continue to be at the top of the game, he's going to have to stay with that. You know, the, the you know center's coming up and and there, there are a lot of the Aruna and there's a lot of these guys now that, you know, see that Federer is gone and, and uh, Nadal, you know, might, uh, you know, might wait through the French and, you know, play the Olympics and who knows what happens. You know, Joker, you know, as great as he's played and still playing, you know, is not getting any younger. You know, so all these kids are are trying to say, you know, OK, you know, th- th- this could be me now. Could be my right. turn now. And they're they're starting to play like it, and and they're going to make it nothing but tougher for for each other because that's their era, Alcaraz and Runa and Sinner, and that's that's you know they're going to play each other for the next ten, twelve, fifteen years, and uh, you know which is uh, you know that's a lot of matches to play. I know I played Borg a lot, I played Mac a lot, I played Lindell a lot, and each time if you go out and only do what you think you do best, which is what everybody knows anyway. Not going to do that. Not going to work. You got to switch up some things and try to catch your opponent off guard. And he's young enough that he can do that. So I'll, I'll, be, I'll be looking for that over the course of this year. Yeah, interesting to see for the clay. I mean, he turns 21 in May, May 5th. So still super young, younger than Sinner. Perspective's a funny thing, right? Like where he's just kind of going through his career how he is. He gets up, practices, plays tournaments, wins, gets hurt, whatever it is. And then the perspective is the thing that's changed around him. You know, he a few yeah. two or three years ago, he snuck up and he was this phenom. And then he started, you know, winning some smaller tournaments. And then 2022, he wins the US Open. Last year, Wimbledon, you know, he's won a lot of big events now. And so like, he's still just going through, he's not even 21. You know what I mean? But like yeah. now all of us start talking, oh, is this the is the old era over or is this the new era? Is he the guy? He's the, yes, he is the guy. Like we're the ones saying all that, putting all that out there into the, right. you know, to the sphere. And like, and he's just like, hey man, I'm playing. Like, hey, I tweaked my ankle. I had to pull out. You know what I mean? It's just like, right. he's just doing what he's doing. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's all the noise around him that is constantly changing. And, and to think that they, you know, he's 20, they're going to have another 10, 12, 15 year career ahead of him. You know, like just think of all the little ebb and flows of life where like you're going to be hot for a while and then you dip down and then you get hurt or then you have some private life stuff or, you know, you're, whatever it is, you know, there's going to be a lot of this. You know, he's not going to dominate always forever. You know, that's just not right. how it works. But the the fight back is what is the most fun, you know, because that that's when you can really stick it to all those, uh, you know, experts that are sitting there doing all the talking. If you know what I mean, oh, yeah. you, you know, you come back and, and, you know, you, you have a tough time, you go through a tough time, you lose a few matches, you don't win a grand slam for a couple of years, you know, or you're whatever it's going to, whatever it will be. And, 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 uh, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, you pop up and, you know, you win Australia, uh, the French and, and Wimbledon. So you're going for the grand slam at the U S open. You never know what can happen, but that's the most fun. You know, mm. when you, when you come back and, and you can sit down and say, I remember, remember that guy, he wrote me off three years ago. I got something for you. Can you see that? Right. <laughs> you want me to, you want me to turn that up for you? <laughs> right. You, you know, so that's a crazy attitude to have. A lot of guys, you know, don't have that attitude, yeah. you know, that, uh, that they're willing to stay in there. They say, well, you know, I, I had a good run, boy, I had a good run. I, you know, I live off of that for, you know, guys have lived off of less for a lot longer. I'll tell you. You know, right. so but uh, but but I I don't expect that from him, Brad. I I think that 
you know, he'll, uh, you know, he'll get his game in order. He'll get himself in order. And, and, uh, you know, his, uh, his, his splash time over the course of this year is still coming. I mean, he's, he's going to, you know, uh, make some waves coming up here pretty soon. And I'm going to be watching for that. It'd be fun to see. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I just, I miss just having him in there, you know, like, uh, he ended up going to the golden swing. It would have been cool to see if he played Rotterdam with, with Sinner in the same tournament. Um, interesting now they both have 12 career titles. So I just thought that was, you know, kind of random, but, um, yeah, he'll he'll be fine. He's got so much time and it's just, you know, it's like, we look at him like he was wrong where it's like, well, we were the ones saying like, it's the era it starts now and this and that. So it's like, we were the ones that were wrong, you know, like Mm -hmm. the were the ones who were saying all these things it's like he's just doing what he does he's just going about his tennis and then you know trying to get better and i'm sure the results will come i mean he gets on the clay soon and you know he loves playing on that and he said yeah but all that can get in your head too though bud you know you know we got guys are you know well people sitting back and saying you know that he's out doing what he's doing and just you know and and everybody's sitting back saying well you're you know you should be winning you should be you know but that stuff can get in your head too Mm-hmm. You know that, and all of a sudden, say, "Well, you know what? What? what what's happened to me? You know, all, all of a sudden, your your thoughts go negative. Uh, you know, because you know, because you're not getting all that positive feedback. You know, from you know, not not just from your camp itself, but also from the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, so all of a sudden, you you know, some self doubt might stick in there, and and uh, and sometimes the mind overtakes the body uh, and and doesn't let you have the free flowing game. You know, that got you to this point." You know, so he's going to have to kind of guard against that. You know, you know, I, I was always told, you know, don't don't listen, don't listen to what they have to say. Either, you know, and and how yeah. they how they want you to play, or or what they think about your career, or why aren't you winning a Grand Slam, or don't listen to anybody. Only listen, you know, to to those who really care about you. And and uh, uh, you know, he's he's going to have to dig in that too, and and figure yeah. that out. I think he will. I mean, he seems like uh, he really like loves the game. You know what I mean? Like he seems like he has fun out there. He smiles a lot. He loves competing. And, uh, you know, I don't think he'll he'll let that bother him. I think he's just got to, you know, get physically right and, uh, you know, just get some more match play in. He'll be good. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'll, I'll go one more question if you got one. One more. This is the best one. David right. Isaacson. What was your favorite place to eat at all the majors? And no, you can't say the Playboy Club. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yikes! Uh, let's see. <laughs> um, Australia. Uh, I mean, it's been so long since I've been to Australia that uh, I, one I restaurant know. at the Crown we went to. Was oh like yeah, Asian but modern day, modern day Australia, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, just well, whenever. Well, modern well, modern day. Played. You know, in, in the in the hotel, the the Japanese restaurant that we went to right there in the hotel was amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I could, uh, and, and that's uh, my favorite food anyway. I could eat that every night. Uh, in, in Paris, I stayed at the Plaza Antonay, and they had two great little uh, restaurants literally right around the corner from us. And, and uh, we, you know, we'd walk out and, and we'd be there in a minute. And, you know, the food was great. Uh, you know, the the people there, they got to know us and were, you know, very friendly and, and uh, loved going in there and, you know, hanging with them. And and, uh, uh, and, and the food was amazing, too. So uh, I would say there in, in Paris, uh, in London, room service and, and Trader Vic's, which is Trader uh, Vic's around the corner there. 
right right around the corner. Uh, on the was, inn on the park. Uh, yes, yeah. It, it stayed at the inn on the park, and I, I think that's a Four Seasons now, but uh, it was right on Hyde Park Corner, and literally, and, and right around the corner from the Hard Rock Cafe. You know, that, uh, that, that was a that was a good runner up. We would we would get pig sandwiches to go, which was a barbecued pork sandwich with some fries. I remember we would pick those up many a night on the way home. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and then <laughs> and then Trader Vic's, uh, you know, was you know was always uh, you know wasn't in second place. They were tied for first, both of them. I mean, that was nice. it was right there on the corner. And then and then boy, at the at the U.S. Open, where's uh, the spot we would go to out by Flushing that we would go uh, to? It was like. It was a great Italian restaurant, and and uh, I can't re- ever remember the name of it, but uh, it was amazing. It was like ten minutes from Flushing, and and uh, the food was amazing. But you know, in, in New York, I mean, you by mistake you go into a a, a restaurant, and and uh, and it's great. But you know, back back then, I like going to the Palm uh, uh, in New York, and and mm-hmm. uh, that was one of Poncho's favorite places. So we would go there a lot, and and uh, and, and then. Let's see, uh, right around the corner, uh, or, or a couple of blocks away, there was another good Japanese restaurant that, uh, that I, I like to go to. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of stayed close to, uh, close to the hotel. I didn't, uh, didn't, didn't need to get in and drive and go through a big yeah. ordeal for having a dinner, but, uh, yeah, I picked out a lot of great places and, you know, that, and, that- and, and it, and basically back then, Brad, I could eat anything. You know, my meta- my metabolism was so good, I could eat anything and and still be okay. But uh, yeah, boy, has that changed? <laughs> yeah. <No. So, laughs> well, but was the Japanese place the place we'd get shabu shabu? Jesus, you got a good memory. <laughs> that that's that's exactly right. And, and and we walked in and it was down a a flight down, of like stairs. Yeah, right. it was like under the under the the street. You could like look yeah. up and see people walking. Shabu shabu. That's uh, my favorite. Anyway, yeah. say say that and, too much. That Japanese is my favorite, but I loved it. And the runner-up was the deli on the backside of the hotel that had the best turkey sandwiches. These things were thick as like your head. You go get turkey lettuce and just light mayo on some sourdough toast. And we get uh, chips I, with it and we get those and boom, we'd be good for the day too. You're, you're making me hungry. <laughs> I know, me too. Uh, <laughs> it's a good time yeah, to stop the uh, episode and go eat and get in bed. Sounds good. It's <laughs> been fun, bud. And the questions, as always, have been great. And and uh, just to remind all our listeners, you can follow me at Jimmy Connors on Twitter and Brett uh, at Brett underscore Connors on Twitter. Also, keep the questions coming at uh, at ADV Connors and my Facebook. So. Yeah, spend some time with us. We love being with you. And and as always, better love being with you and and talking about just everything, just like we did tonight. Yep, I had fun. And uh, go get some rest. Tell mom hi. And we'll check in with everybody next week. Peace. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.